I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, Andy kicked us off with a bit of a reflection on Chelsea and he gave us uh, Todd's to-do list for the owner Todd Bowley. I think it made a lot of sense. Told us the players he thinks they should bin uh, and uh, just to trim the squad down. So you'll hear that. We were joined by two very funny men. Uh, Harry Hill is taking his uh, show he's co-written, Tony, the Tony Blair rock opera, back into the West End and on tour around the country. And we chatted to him. And Jeff Norcott, comedian mm. and AFC Wimbledon fan, also made a welcome return. And uh, you'll know of Andy's fixation, if you listen to the podcast, with Mastermind. We found him a new specialist subject today. Is that the one that he'll ultimately take oh, into the show proper listen. when he applies? Uh, well, let's find out. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. And good afternoon, Paul. And I, yes, I don't want to dwell too much on last night's game because I thought actually Chelsea played quite well. Yeah, for, they good. did what I wanted, which was they they put it in, they put an effort in. I mean, it, they gave it a go. They stayed in the game for an hour. They did, and they had three, good, no, two good chances. They actually had five good chances across the tie and didn't score any of them. So yeah. that's always going to be that's been the problem. We but it was the Cucurella one was a very good save by Courtois. Oh, but he did it first time. I know. I know. First time with his right foot, he would But he's scored. not a striker, is he? You know, no, but Chilwell, class. that's classic. Kukurella's mistake cost Chilwell his place, and then he missed that chance, and then he last night was responsible yeah, for the first Chilwell, goal. Chilwell, he sense, probably would have hit it first time. He would, yeah, he would have but buried it. But it was the Kante one, wasn't it, really? God, yeah. that was I, I've got to know, the first chance fell to Kante. If you remove the letter T from his name, you might have had a striker who would have buried it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. true, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's, that's probably quite <laughs> true. And uh, that dribble by Yao Fail X. I wonder where you were going with that, actually, but... <laughs> I'm glad that's the letter you took out. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah fail X. Oh, yes. That dribble was him in a nutshell, wasn't it? Old people, you know, he took it down beautifully, went past two people, and then he just lost it. Even the Mudrick one, you know, great turn of pace, yeah. beats a couple of players, and then puts it round the... I mean, I know it was offside yeah. and it wouldn't have mattered, but... No, you know, but that's the way it goes. But yeah. I've got a, a to-do list. You've got Todd's to-do list. Todd's to-do list. OK, yeah. I've got to run through it. It's an eight-point plan, but I'll run through it pretty quickly. Mm. It's, uh, number one, buy a proper striker, not a half-striker, a wide striker, not someone yeah. who plays off a striker, come from the left, a true number nine. Well, they were making that point last night. The Rio Ferdinand was talking about and Kunku's coming next year. He's another one of those that can play anywhere across the front line. You've got another. A player like that, you know, you've got to hope the one they bought in January for Farner and a fit brochure can, you know, with a proper striker that would be enough. Uh, hire a new manager and do it quickly, don't 
pontificate for ages. No. Uh, leave it all to the football people. Don't get involved. Don't interfere. You don't know anything about football. <laughs> well, it's true. Overhaul the fitness department. Get a proper conditioning team in that can prevent injuries and get the team fit. They're the least fit team in Europe, I would have said. I mean, it's embarrassing watching them most of the time. So they, and even Carlo Ancelotti said they... They press well, but they we, ran knew, out of steam. we knew yeah. they couldn't keep yeah, it up. Of yeah. course they can't. <clears throat> uh, trim the squad drastically. Uh, no more than you don't need any more than twenty. Who are you getting rid of, Andy? You've got your list. Yeah. Uh, Aspilicueta, Pulisic, Sterling, Hudson Odoi, Gallagher, Not Mount, Abamyang, Felix, Zachariah, and Ziek. That will get you down to 22. Right. Have a proper pre-season. Uh, don't block homegrown paths. As opposed to what going on a jolly boys out. Well, they didn't something. do last year. They didn't do any pre-season. <laughs> they didn't. They had no pre-season of fitness work. It was hopeless. Uh, don't block homegrown paths by buying backup players that we've already got, like Cucurella for Hall and Badashiel for Colwell. Stop doing that. Don't speak publicly. Stay in the background. Let the football people speak to the press. I thank you. OK, right, there we are. Todd's listening uh, this afternoon. If you did all of that, we'd have a chance. If not, we're in big Blue trouble. square within five years. Well, I'd say League One in about three years if they don't get it right. <laughs> they to start deducting points, but there we go. Uh, what else have we got here? Yes, um, I thought the biggest shock about the snooker protest yes. was the revelation in the papers this morning that a front row seat at the Crucible cost 650 quid. Wow, really? I know. God. I quite like that orange and green beige. I thought it was quite fashionable. Did you like that look? It just the colours were lovely. Was, we are we're telling, we tried to introduce the orange ball <laughs> yesterday, heard, as yeah. you heard us, but it was a great uh, <laughs> text from a listener who said you only really use the orange ball in the winter when the beige goes white. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's only time you really true, need yeah. it. Yeah. Everybody seems so upset about this story about the Arsenal players snubbing this girl for an autograph you yeah. know not looking at except the two people who should be that's her and her dad yeah. they seem perfectly happy well, about dad, it it's everyone else that's had to get involved dad came on with, uh, with Andy and, and Darren and uh, and talked about it and uh, look when you look at we didn't really talk about it yesterday because you can see what happened social media team put it out in isolation and mm. just didn't really think of the optics of it mm. but in reality uh, I mean you know far be it from me to praise Arsenal but here we go when I worked at Chelsea and uh, I had dealings with their their uh, sort of community side yeah, when I was a Alan magazine Seth editor a great bloke. Yeah. Uh, I used to have a, a lot bloke. of dealings with them as a club yeah, uh, yeah. and they're all, they've always been brilliant on that front uh, from da- so I, when I looked at that yesterday I didn't think oh come on you know make eye contact I thought it's so just, much other stuff went on it's, on uh, the people day. People are so upset about it, except the two people who should be upset about it. So, yeah. so forget it. Well, I just you know, as as has come out from her dad today, it was just a very small part of the day, and they shot this video. And with hindsight, maybe they shouldn't have put it out because it didn't look great. But anyway, I think most right-thinking people would say. That probably wasn't the only interaction they were during the day. But anyway, Andy. Yeah. The Duke of Kent, he's been uh, up to up to stuff. Uh, yeah. I always like to monitor his uh, movements. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Royal, uh, president of the Royal Lifeboat uh, Institution. Uh, this morning received Miss Janet Legrand. Actually, he thought it was Henri Leconte. Yeah. He was a bit <laughs> disappointed have... when she turned up. Janet Legrand, Henri Leconte, you've got <laughs> yeah. to have a system. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Wimbledon supporting comedian Jeff Norcott currently on tour. Yeah. Uh, he's here to tell us a bit more about that and talk about of football hi jeff hello yes the, the the tour starts properly in september but i've got a, a work in progress leg coming up oh, uh, yeah i've been having start, a little, which, lot of the dates are sold out already yeah they, i think that i think there's a couple left for a place called darwin in lancashire a lot of these places i don't even know if they're real till i turn up i, just put, <laughs> I put a postcode in a machine and there, there's a place i'm doing on tour called verwood and i did it 
on tour before, and I just thought it just sounded fictional. Do you know what I mean? Like sort of Jules Verne type <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, construct. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but I promise you, it's 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 a well, I wouldn't say a lovely place, but it, it's a place. It's a place, and I'm going back there. Yeah, fantastic. So, um, yeah, well, maybe you'll talk a bit of Wimbledon first. We'll come back to the tour, mm. but you're, you're in that kind of situation now. You, you know, you're you're not going down. Uh, well, it's unlikely, isn't it? Well, you're about eight points on everybody around you. Um, how you how you mm. feeling about life as a Wimbledon fan at the moment? I mean, it is something when you think like somebody of my vintage, I watched us go and win at places like Old Trafford and at Anfield. And then mm. last night there was glued <laughs> glued to the updates from Salford versus uh, Hartlepool. And, and, and you know, it, it, it's tough for the fans because last season we, we didn't win a game after Christmas and we got relegated. And then what happened was we had this massive injury crisis here. And then we did, we, I mean, we've thrown, thrown a few games spectacularly. But I think it then triggered some sort of weird PTSD and everyone just got tense. But the truth is, in the last few games, the manager's got a performance out of a very Fred Bear squad. So it's just one of those ones. Let's just let's just get to the beach in Margate and, and try again next year. Last time we spoke to you, you just finished backstage with Catherine Ryan. And uh, I watched quite a lot of it after you came on. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good idea and a good programme. Did you have fun doing it? Well... Well, like all good ideas and good programs, it got cancelled. Yeah, well, of course, that was, that's normal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was an incredibly creative thing to do. And um, I, I thought it was good. I think, you know, it's still there on Amazon. So I think if people love their sort of UK comedy scene, it, it's something that's never been done before. I mean, it, it was done on a very big scale. You know, maybe that was part of the problem in getting it to go again. But probably one of the most creative things I've done you know you know one of those jobs where people just say trust your instincts and go ahead and do something it's uh, it's quite rare in this game that that happens I like the backstage stuff yeah, I thought it was really really mm. interesting seeing how the comedians were going and how nervous some of them got I thought it was fascinating Yes, I mean the nerves are, are, are. I mean, a lot of comics is you're taking a version of yourself on stage, aren't you? Sort of like the Spinal Tap, turn it up to eleven thing. And we mm. are. I'd, I'd say you. I mean, you guys work in this game as well. It's not just that we're nervous. We're the most anti-social people. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I do the odd corporate gig, and they often say to me, right, and I always feel bad when they say this. They say, "Do you want to see some of the guys would love to, to have dinner with you before we we'll get to know you?" You go, "No, actually, if if, if there's a cupboard with a chair in, yeah, I'll sit. I'll, I'll sit and." in that cupboard it's really it's really sad but but you know i mean the good thing is if you like solitude this job this job's all right actually i'm perfectly happy on a motorway travelodge I've, I've had some some great moments of peace there it's it's that's that's coming dangerously close to what they call a meet and greet and that obviously comes at a premium doesn't it <laughs> if you're doing somebody once said to andy and i was saying oh boys you should do this and do that he said i i could i could find he said i could find people out there who would would spend 250 quid to have burger and chips with you i thought it was two grand wasn't it? <laughs> no but i was thinking i'm not sure i want to meet anybody who's prepared to spend 250 quid to have a McDonald's i was right up me. for it yeah <laughs> well i mean i i think as well this job is dead. There's elements of it, you know. I mean, the, the tour's called Basic Bloke, but the job is quite blokey, isn't it? I mean, mm. I, I, one of the things I did on the last tour, which really switched me onto this, was I just asked this question and I picked a bloke in the room of a certain vintage and just said, What's your favorite motorway? And they always <laughs> could tell me straight away. They'd be like, M6, A1M, if they were trying to be a bit esoteric. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and then you could get into these chats where you realize like there's, there's so many just standard blokes still out there that, that, you know, probably can't tell you anything about their emotions or how they felt when they lost their parents. But if you get them talking about their favourite service station, they will go <laughs> yeah, it's true. 
Yeah. They'll go deep into the joys of Beaconsfield. So, <laughs> so you know, both this this tour um, and, and the book that I've got coming out in September is, is I'm just sort of just sort of meditating on, on what it means to be a bloke, really, and what is that different from being a man or being a lad or, or a geezer? And I, I think that there is there is a subtle difference. I think I think I think a bloke can take a genuine sort of visceral satisfaction from going to a tip, right, to get rid yeah. of stuff. I think that it, that's it's a mindset that you reach, isn't it? Yeah, I just I love I love a little trip to the old dump, don't you? I just I, I love going yeah. in there. Fantastic! <laughs> it's that jeopardy of knowing whether it's going to be busy, isn't it? First, there's the <laughs> there, we got an app now. There's an app for it really? where you can see at the busiest times of day, and you're thinking, but like, everybody's <laughs> looking at that, so I'm not going then. Yeah. I'm not going on what they claim is the quiet because everybody's doing that. It's, uh, and, it's and like and a the, game of that, chess. And the satisfaction <laughs> pool, um, the satisfaction pool from stuff like that. Yeah, there's other things in that world as well. If you're into it, like I'd say, holiday reconnaissance is a new one because mm. of the amount of research. Oh yeah, you can do about where you're staying. You can go. You can look at all all the restaurants in the area. What the what the Uber coverage? I mean, the one thing is, I, I I won't lie, I'm not very helpful when it comes to packing. But by the time my wife gets out there, I will have done a sort of American Secret Services job on a sort of quarter mile stretch yeah. uh, in, in the vicinity of the hotel we're going yeah. to. Well, that's true of things like when you are doing the research for the holiday. It's like it's the subtext of TripAdvisor I find interesting mm. now. So you mm. look at people who've complained about everybody else says the place you're going to is <laughs> no, great. Except you always then, find one. But no, there's, there's often a few, yeah. but it's the reasons why. There was one a little while ago. We were looking at this hotel to go away, and this guy said he had his pocket picked at the airport and he gave the gave the hotel a bad mark because of that <laughs> that's not his fault i mean you know and you, you have to kind of you know mm. you think yeah they sound like complainers they sound like idiots um, no i agree so you, you, have to just, you, you have to you have to sort of filter oh, through them don't filter you? through it well, you've got, you got to apply a bit of psychology, and some of them yeah. are just plain ridiculous. There was one place I was looking at, and it said the view from uh, this hotel is incredible, but the stairs I could not tolerate. And I thought, well, often a good view does come with stairs, really. I'm not sure. I'm not sure unless you want an elevator on the side of a mountain, which would make you a Bond villain. So so there's all these new layers. I think that, that blokery as such will always exist. It just kind of changes, and whereby once upon a time – Maybe maybe my dad changed oil in his own car, and maybe my great granddad, I don't know, caught food with his bare hands. Now I'm sitting there doing psychological assessments on one star TripAdvisor reviews. But I would <laughs> I would I'd argue that it's still valid. No, I think that's very true. So you say you're doing warm up stuff, and then the tour. I mean, you've got quite a lot of. I mean, is, is this still work? Are you standing there with your piece of paper, Jeff? Is this work in progress? Is this honing, or are you still working up material for it? I've got I've got an hour to talk about stuff. I've got some brilliant support acts coming out with me. But um, what I have is the laptop. You just want a bit of latitude for the work in progresses. So the, the ticket prices are a bit cheaper. And, you know, there will be some stuff with your own crowd where you go, look, if, if it's too much for my crowd, I probably won't say uh, Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, but it is, you know, one, a funny thing this week, I don't know if you saw that Rishi Sunak press conference whereby he, he was talking about maths. He's obsessed with maths for some reason. And, yeah. and at the end he said... Um, he, he tried to do a Q&A and he was left floundering a bit because nobody had any questions. And I thought that would be me in about a week, you know, when you underrun it again <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. and you look down at the watch, you go, I've only done 49 minutes. So, so guys, so guys, anybody, any questions about maths? Um, but I've got, like I, like I say, I mean, I've got probably more than an hour, but it's just piecing it together, isn't it? You suddenly think while you're up there, you go, ah, the funny bit was in the middle. I mean, so much of comedy we talk about writing and, and the sort of the technique and the expertise is just just put the funniest bit at the end. 
Yeah. I mean, how many times? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know why he didn't just suddenly in that in that void of silence when there was no questions just to start doing the old tune. Once five is five, two five is <laughs> ten. Three fives of fifth. Yeah, one of those. Remember those at school? Or he could have just gone like a full comedy club compare and just started yeah. ripping the guy in the front row. Go, what's that shirt, mate? Where'd you get that from, Madeline? <laughs> or, I mean, not, not knocking Madeline, some great shirts. But I, I think that there was a point where I thought like, um, he, he actually did get a laugh while, while he was up there. But I would say if there's one thing, when you're doing public speaking and you ask for a question of a group of young people, and I say this having been a teacher, just be aware. There's a very strong likeness. <laughs> they, they probably haven't. Li- they probably even haven't listened to you up to the point where you ask if there are any questions. So you need a plan B. Yeah. <laughs> what if that would be a vote winner if a prime minister or a, a prospective one started going? Where are you from, mate? What do you do? <laughs> I'm a junior doctor. All right, we'll move on. What about the bloke next to you? <laughs> I mean, yeah. it no next. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're just kind of working your through. Can't really talk to any of you at the moment. It's all a bit complicated. Well, so, that's the problem. When hmm. I look at you know, sometimes people have said with the politics, they go, "You should go into politics." I think one, I think it's the worst job in the world because you could lose your job because, I don't know, your boss did something with his secretary and there was film of it, right? uh, But secondly, when it comes to PMQs, I would not be able to to keep my composure. Yeah. And how, how, how they don't swear during PMQs. I watch PMQs every single week. I mean, I... I, I'm not. I'm not suited to that job. I, one of the great liberties of comedy is that you can absolutely destroy a stranger, and they'll come up at the end and say, "Cheers for that." Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> well, that's that great big mace on the desk as well. Would be tempting to get start swinging it above your head, wouldn't it? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Tony, the Tony Blair Rock Opera, uh, after a very successful run in London last year, is going on tour first with some dates uh, in uh, London, and then out around the country. It's uh, co-written by Harry Hill and Steve Brown. And delight to say, Harry joins us now. Good afternoon, H. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, Andy. How's things? Yeah, yeah it's good things, not Harry. too bad, Harry. So it's back. I know I, yep. I came and saw this. Slightly slightly tweaked cast, of course. I came and saw this last year. Well, Charlie they... wouldn't do it. <laughs> he wouldn't do it for the money. He was torn between two <laughs> lovers. He decided to stay with me. I know. Yeah, yeah. I begged him. But no, I mean, we've, it is a new cast, and everyone, you know, people always play things differently. And, and uh, we've got this guy, Jack Whittle, who is brilliant in his own way, too. So uh, it's, a, it's a really good, funny cast. You know, it's very difficult to get people that are funny can sing and can dance. Mm. You know? Sometimes they can sing, sometimes they can dance. We had, um, you know, the previous musical, we had uh, Cynthia Erivo. Mm. Uh, who is a brilliant singer and dancer, but I tell you, she hasn't got a funny bone in her body. <laughs> oh, dear. If <laughs> <laughs> you're listening, Cynthia. Yeah, just uh, well done. Feeling special. So Lo- lovely girl, lovely girl. Mm. Um, no, but it was... <laughs> so it's, yeah, it opens on, uh, well, next Tuesday. I think. Well, it's open now for previews, mm. and, we, and we've been having a lot of fun. We've, we've uh, as you say, we've chiselled it down, we've cut all the bits that didn't work, and we've kept all those bits that everyone liked, they're still in it. Mm. Um, and we got opening night Tuesday, and off we go, yeah, for about a month, yeah. I think. And then off around the country, Guildford, Cardiff, Brighton, all over. I mean, the, the, the characters, I mean, everybody will know if it's about Tony Blair, you'll probably know mm. the cast of characters, but there's some, they're, they're in some cases, quite broadly drawn. They're certainly in the case of <laughs> Sherry Blair, who is a, a Scouse yeah. vamp, isn't she, basically? Yeah, she's sort of uh, two-thirds uh, Cilla Black, one-third Lily Savage. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, there's no room for subtlety in this. It's broad <laughs> brushstrokes. Yeah. Uh, it's broad brushstrokes by necessity. I mean, it's funny because when you think back to that time, there were some um, some great characters, mm. you know. John Prescott, you got Sherry Booth, you got, and of course you got the baddies. You got Saddam, we got we got Saddam Hussein, Osama bin Laden, you know, which obviously is a tricky line to tread, but yeah. I think just about manage it. Um, do, do you have the? Um, was uh, I, 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 there was a story that you always have a, a seat available for Tony Plus One. Yeah, I was for every, ask yeah. About every that. performance. Mm. Is this true? Yeah, it is. It's obscured view. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we always put him on the door, but as yet, we, we had an inquiry from Sherry's sister, who I think is a sort of media character, isn't she? Mm. Yes, and, but she, but she didn't. I don't think she did come along. Um, and what about Alistair Campbell? Has has, has he been? Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> no, we'd be in awful trouble. Um, he, he does sometimes listen to the show because he's obviously a big football, yeah, big Burnley does, yeah. fan. Oh, well, hi, Alistair. Yeah. I think you, I think you'd love the show. And actually, Alistair. <laughs> He's, he comes on, he's in a kilt playing the bagpipes. Mm. That's about right, isn't it, these days? He does a lot of that. He does do it. That's his main income. <laughs> yeah. His main income. That and the podcasts. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I see he'd, make a, he'd make a great piper for the king. I think, doesn't the, the, the queen had one? I think the king's probably got one. Yeah, it? yeah it's the same thing. He needs to wake her up every morning. Yeah. yeah. Wake up! Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, talking of uh, Scotland because where it was Balmoral. Uh, you're doing four weeks at the Edinburgh Fringe with it. That should be fun. Yeah, yeah. It's going up to the Edinburgh Fringe. Mm. Um, yeah, I think you know it, it's a it's a great tour, and I'm really pleased that it's coming back. I'll be honest, you know, because like you say, uh, we had a great we had a great time at, in Finsbury Park, um, but it was a small theatre. It was only 200 seats, and. And a lot of people couldn't get to see it. So I, I do hope people come along. I mean, it is, it's a funny subject for a musical. And mm. I think maybe some people might look at it and think, Tony Blair, really? Uh, but, I mean, I think you can vouch for it. Yeah, it was it. very funny. And the cast, the cast are great. They turn hands to a lot of parts. And it's, you've, you put together a, a brilliant cast. So it was, it was really, yeah. really good. Yeah. So. yeah. So um, please do come along, everyone. Uh, Guildford, Birmingham, Cardiff, Richmond, Brighton, Bath, Chester, Malvern, Darlington, Sedgefield, as Annie said, Edinburgh and Salford, as well as the run in in London. All the uh, details for tickets. You've only got to put in Tony, the Tony Blair Rock Opera, and you'll find it all um, on uh, on social media and more. Uh, Harry, I just wondered, yeah. uh, when it comes to watching TV these days, after years of uh, of uh, TV, but can you watch it in the same way? Has it forever affected the way you watch it, uh, telly or, or not? Have you been able to get over that? Well, I've, I've rehabilitated myself to a large extent. There still are some triggers. Mm. Um, the theme tune to Emmerdale. Yeah, me as well, yeah. Mm. Start crying. Uh, <laughs> I can't really... I can't really watch anything, any of those sort of reality shows. I, I got back last night having seen the show, and my wife is watching this in the dark thing. You know, this. Um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, everyone's in the dark, everyone's in the dark, including <laughs> including the people watching it. Um, That's a good such, I mean, Big Brother was a, a tough watch for me. I think you used to cover that, didn't you? Oh, no, um, I think Dan, Dan Meyer did. I was going to say, brilliant, because Dan is, I, I think we all watch, I'm sure people watch telly, even now that loved TV Burp, and they think, oh, that would have been on TV Burp. Because mm. people, and at times I'm watching it, I think, yeah, we would have used that. And uh, Dan Meyer, one of the other guys who worked with us on the show, uh, Dan 
still does stuff. He'll still spot stuff. And because he's a bit of a marvel with the technology, puts out some very funny little social media things. He's been doing, I think, a, a kind of an Australian married at first sight and just <laughs> really? deconstructing that. So he's, he's, he's still able to... He's, he's never quite got over... He, he's that last soldier on the island who won't <laughs> surrender. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but it's, it's such... Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I can't really watch any of that stuff. Uh, I mean, that, sh- that show, it's in-, it's in black and white. I mean, I've paid mm. for a colour TV. <laughs> we should get a rebate, although it's not on the BBC. So we're on That's slightly true. rocky ground, like that Jim Broadbent <laughs> film a couple of years ago. So, <laughs> so uh, the one, well, yeah, sorry, Andy. I was going to say, I forgot, I should mention Junior Bake Off, which we loved, my wife and I. We watched a lot. And you it were brilliant. It was very good on two levels because you were great with the kids, but also the jokes were kind of some over for, there. Some stuff for the dads. Some, mums and it dads. was really that. I really enjoyed it. Well, well, I mean, it's it's all about the kids. It's all about the kids. You know, they they're a funny. Uh, they're lovely, weren't they? they were they're, they're constantly surprising. I mean, what they don't show you, of course, is all the crying. Oh, <laughs> that <a> gets <laughs> that ends up on the cutting room floor. I mean, it's it's a mix of laughter and tears, and you have got the um, and it is bearing in mind it's it's a very hot. You know, we film it in the summer. It's in a tent full of sugar. And cakes, and so there are a lot of wasps. Oh dear, that's not, we don't, we <laughs> never a lot of wasps. So wasps and children, yeah, you know. And you combat. hurt yourself doing a stunt, didn't you? Oh gosh, yeah, I nearly I remember I that. I broken. I thought I'd broken my shoulder. Yeah. I went to, um, so I went to the casualty. I went to the casualty, right? Mm. And what it was, I was diving over a um, a seven foot diameter uh, balloon. Oh, <laughs> as you do. Basically, it was a gag where I got where I got hit in the face by this thing, and then the, I heard the producer say, um, "Roll it down the tent." Right, so I started rolling this thing. You know, you know what me a people pleaser. Yeah. <laughs> and as I was rolling it, I thought, I wonder if I could dive over that. And it took me about three goes. I get to the top of it, and I and I look down over the other side, and I think I might die. Um, <laughs> so I go to the casualty and the nurse says uh, it was when we had to wear masks so mm. I thought oh, well, she won't recognise me I, she said oh what's the, what's the problem I said oh, I've hurt my shoulder she said yeah how did you do that I said um, diving over an eight foot inflatable ball she said are you Harry Hill the only thing I'd say yeah, on a fairness yeah. level I, mm. and I love the mm. programme I think it's very unfair that nine-year-olds are competing against 12-year-olds. Because that's those big three years. I think it's a big difference between a 12-year-old and what they can do in a nine-year-old. Well, yeah, I mean, they cut it back. It was 15 and 16-year-olds. You know, they were were blokes with more facial hair than me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, You've got a bit of flour in your beard, you're saying to the the kids. That's not great, is it? Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know. You've got to have an age... Uh, ga- I mean, you've got to have some sort of age range. But, yeah, yeah. I suppose yeah. so. Yeah. So, um, you toured last year, H, um, uh, which you'd think that you seem to enjoy. It certainly looked like it from where I was sitting. I mean, is there, are you going to go back on the road a bit sooner than last year? Because there was a bit of a gap between tours, wasn't there? Yeah, t- I mean, it's crazy. Ten years. You came to the South End one, right? Yeah, it was a great night. Yeah, very yeah, good. Uh, at the end, they I get um, I get a couple of blokes to carry me out, mm. and uh, at South End. I go down, I just pick on someone at random and, and bloke, one of them didn't want to do it. The other one jumps up, throws me over his shoulder and I realised at that point he was really drunk. Oh, no. <laughs> he staggers up the stairs back onto the stage when really he should be carrying me out and he, he falls over and dumps me on the stage. <laughs> 
<laughs> I tell you, it's a dangerous business show business. Yeah, it is. I thought it was part of the act. I had no idea. I, that was, I, I thought it was gold. I mean, when did you get that? I thought it was Dave Thompson. It was fantastic. So, <laughs> yeah, but it was, it, was, uh, it was great to be back doing that. And, uh, yeah, I'm thinking I turned 60 in 2024, mm. and I'm thinking maybe I'll do a sort of Diamond Jubilee greatest hits Beautiful. type show. Um, you can sell a special tin of biscuits in the foyer, can't you? Nice Diamond Jubilee <laughs> tin of biscuits. With the, I like Shortbreads. <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, sport-wise, fine, this is talk sport. And um, just finally, I mean, have you been seduced by the world of sport just yet? Has it happened? No. You're never too old at 60 or 59. I haven't been. I haven't really been watching You know me, Paul. It's, it leaves me rather cold. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's heresy. I know every cab driver, you know, get in. They, first of all, they bring you up. Yeah. Oh, you know that Paul Hawksby, don't you? Yeah. Uh, um, That's your demographic. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and then they say to me, "You're uh, you're a Spurs fan, aren't you?" I don't know why I've got this reputation. Really? Being a Spurs fan, you know, I've got no, no it's the white shirts. That's, that's what it is. They can't see the cockerel on the on the pocket of your shirt because you have the jacket on all the time. But uh, uh, well, you don't want to be a Spurs fan at the moment. It's bleak. There's nothing funny about that. Oh really? Oh no, yeah. Oh, no, it's not good. Oh. What is? What? Who should I be supporting then? Well, I mean, I'm loath to say Arsenal. Um, I, um, <laughs> but don't do that. Um, because uh, maybe Manchester City's a safe bet. Yes, uh, that might be quite good. So okay. uh, I'll leave that with you to, to research that. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Clive Myrie, of course, the host, Big Man City fan, has to uh, explain what the specialist subjects are because not all of them are that obvious. And he, of course, believes that they are all that obvious and can't believe that they get explained by Clive Myrie. Give us an example, Andy. Well, uh, this week, I mean, I've got a few, but this week's main one that was uh, absolutely ridiculous was uh, your specialist subject, Coldplay. 
Here's Clive. Yes, the chart-topping British band, initially formed by Chris Martin and Johnny Buckland, who were later joined by Guy Berryman and Will Champion. Yeah. Yeah, so not W.J. Cole play the plumbers. <laughs> They'd make good digits. plumbers. We went down, we had a look, and we, we plunged it, and it was all yellow, yeah. which is which is not the worst colour. Not the worst colour it could have been, really. And, of course. Uh, so that's a pretty obvious one, but uh, yeah. Sir Edwin Lutyens. Who, see, I know who Lutyens, he is. Yeah. Sir Edward Lutyens, yeah. The eminent British architect whose designs include the Cenotaph in Whitehall and the Viceroy's House in New Delhi. Not the plumber then. <laughs> yeah, not. not everybody knows who Edward Lutyens is, well, they do they? they Okay. Uh, the Karen Piri novels of Val McDermott. Oh, yeah, Val McDermott. The best-selling yeah. series of crime novels by Val McDermott. Yes, he just said that, about an investigator in Police Scotland Historic Cases Unit. So not the best-selling series of novels about a woman plumber called Karen Piri. Could have, could have called her the um, losing House of Games finalist beaten by Charlie Baker. Because oh, Val McDermott no, did that really? week when Charlie wow, won house, no, somehow won House of Games. A strange programme. No, I was watching a bit of it last Probably night. cheated in that the, as well, like he does the birthday Oh, yeah, spread. he does. But anyway, we'll leave The it. films of Terry Gilliam. Oh, the, yeah. The films directed by the American-born member of the Monty Python team. So, not Tell Gilliam the, the plumber. <laughs> Tell Gilliam the plumber. <laughs> Right. Anyway, we get the idea there. You get the Good idea. So, Andy, this is yeah. uh, this, you, you do take it. Here we go. So, every week, uh, Andy, we set him a specialist subject to see how he would fare mm. on Mastermind because he claims. Uh, I'm seriously going to. I'm going to have a go and getting on. I told you on Monday because I, I do all right on the general knowledge. I'm pretty, you know, I, you're not bad. Ten or eleven, generally. Really? Yeah. If I could find the right specialist subject, I think I'd be in for. I wouldn't win, but I, I wouldn't make a fool of myself. Okay. Well, this is what we're searching for at the moment. <clears throat> we have tried um, various forms of cricket: Test cricket, Ashes cricket, Indian cricket. <laughs> yeah. It's not done bad. It on didn't that. do too badly on Indian. Too bad, cricket. actually. Too what bad. other ones have you done? Uh, um, Restaurants of the world, restaurants of <laughs> the world, gourmet food ingredients. So um, <laughs> this is um, British quiz show hosts. Okay, uh, over the years, I think the producer has maybe undercooked just how much you know about this, mm-hmm. and and I think you could score quite highly. Okay, but we'll find out. This could be the one. Here we go. Then your time starts now. Who was the original host of Catchphrase? Roy Walker. Correct. Who presented University Challenge from 1962 to 1987? Bamber Gascoigne. Correct. Which British game show first broadcast on BBC One from 1967 to 1984 was hosted by Robert Robinson? Oh, call my bluff. It was Ask the Family. <sighs> Who is the presenter of Only Connect? Uh, Victoria Corrin. Corin Mitchell, but I will accept that. <laughs> uh, who was the first host of The Price is Right in the UK before Bruce Forsyth? Oh, uh, oh, that is... Di- pass. Oh, OK, pass. Yeah, we'll come difficult. back to that yeah. one. Uh, who presented Going for Gold, the BBC game show, that aired between 1987 <laughs> and 1996? Henry Kelly. What is that I'm being? Uh, which game show <laughs> presenter developed and hosted Opportunity Knocks from 1949 to 1978? Thank you tremendously, really is. Huey Green. Yeah, correct, yeah. Who was the original host of Channel 4's Countdown? Oh, Richard Whiteley. Correct. Told you, made them too easy, John. Uh, what is the name of Ross Kemp's primetime BBC game show? The Bridge. Bit more? Bridge of Hope? No. <laughs> it's Bridge of Lies. Love. Oh, Bridge of Lies. Uh, and I hadn't started, but I will give you the final question. Name all five hosts of Blankety Blank. All five I want. Five, mind. Okay. Um, my Keith Cooper used to say. Lily Savage. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, Terry Grady, yeah. Terry Wogan. Terry Wogan, yeah. Uh, Les Dawson. Les Dawson, yeah. Um, 
was doing it m- r- most recently. Bradley Walsh? Bradley, yeah, yeah. Oh, One no, more to one go. More, a little Bradley short Bradley spell. More. No? More, no. Your time would have gone by then. Mm. It's David Walliams, apparently. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that would have trapped. You passed out. on one, Andy, uh, who was the first host of The Price is Right in the UK before uh, Bruce Forsyth. And that was uh, Leslie Crowther. Of course, but honestly, that is your best so far. I'm not sure they will be quite that easy in the hands of Clive. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. He got six, did he? Six out of ten. That is pretty good yeah, going. It's not so bad. Sure, you did quite well at home. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're, we're it's a mad idea. Harold, it won't last much. This I mean, is not. He's coming to an end. I think it's the final next week. So, oh, okay, it might be the last week. What a great shame! Until the new series uh, returns. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about today? Yes. Um, Time for a quick one. Emma Raducanu, you see, she might be out of the world top 80 after another defeat. Yes. Tremendous. Have another Rolex and a Porsche on me. (laughs) And And she'll come again, don't worry. Yes, of course she will. The department store group John Lewis Mm. are selling the golf course they own. And uh, they own a golf course which is open to their members and um, staff. I played there, actually, and went straight through the green, never knowingly underclubbed. Oh, thank you very that's, much. That's, that's very nice, yes. <laughs> and there's a poll about tomatoes. Tomatoes have been voted the most alluring fruit and veg. Alluring? Alluring, yeah. In what sense? I've no idea. The salad ingredient, because you can't say tomato again, botanically classified a fruit... You are. Edged, <laughs> edged cabbage into second place. Yeah. In the attractiveness stakes with onions third, banana were tenth... Uh, Jeez. Banana were tenth. <laughs> you bit of old that bit of Yorkshire's coming back. Out, banana came tenth. Oh, banana were tenth. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Erica Small, forty-four of St Albans and Hart, said, "Oh yeah, tomatoes ooze sex appeal." She said, she "I love get out more." <laughs> I know. I love getting misshaped fruit and veg. It costs less. It's funny to look at. And tastes the same. Often can taste better. We draw a veil over our misshaped veg. (laughs) The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That was this afternoon's show. I think British quiz hosts could be your could be your secret. Yeah. I don't know how obscure they would get, how Clive would get, whether they'd start going into Challenge TV and some, <laughs> some daytime stuff you've yeah, never seen. That's true. But anyway, uh, at least we've found one that you can get six out of ten in. So uh, I'm back with Charlie tomorrow, though Andy will pop up, of course, because it's birthday spread day. Uh, so do hope you can uh, join us for that from one. If not, the podcast will be available at around four o'clock. But for now, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.